Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. Just before we get into the word, I just wanted to say what uh, our heart's desire and vision is for Christians. It's to see people healed and not suffering. So we desire to see that with all people, spirit, soul, and body. Of course, your spirit is saved when you receive Jesus as Lord. So it really is the soul and the body that would need healing. Uh, he will deliver from depression and oppression. There is healing for that in the mind, hallelujah, along with physical in the sickness in the body. And then to see many others take healing to those that need it. So it just doesn't belong to a few people. Anybody that's a Christian can carry healing by word and deed to other people. And so that's one why, reason why we continue to teach on it. And so finally, just to see people taught the different methods and the ways that God heals. And, uh, and so there's different ways and methods. So these methods, uh, I'm just going to name them, and then we're going to look at something specific. But there, there's the laying on of hands, which is done. There's actually the doctrine of the laying on of hands. It's a basic doctrine in the Word. And, and so this happens over and over. There's systematic teaching on the laying on of hands. It even starts in the Old Testament where they laid hands. And then there's also handkerchiefs and aprons, uh, and that's an unusual thing, but we've had even results laying hands on a cloth and it being taken to somebody in a f- faraway place and people being healed. So very valid. Then there is the prayer of faith and anointing oil in the book of James chapter 5. Uh, it, it actually says in James chapter 5, is, is any sick among you, call for the elders of the church and they will pray the prayer of faith. They'll anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. So it's okay to ask somebody to pray for you, anoint you with oil, and lay hands on you, and pray the prayer of faith. And then there is uh, just speaking it into them in Luke chapter 7, where you speak it into them, uh, send the word. And then there's speaking to your mountain, Mark eleven twenty three. another way, and we're going to actually say something about that tonight. There's exercising authority in Matthew chapter 8. There's calling things that be not as though they are in Romans chapter 4. There's simply accepting the promises of God, Mark 11, 24. There's the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 9. Uh, there's through the name of Jesus, John chapter 16. There's the prayer of agreement, Matthew 18. There's the power of praise in 2 Chronicles and Acts 16. And then, there, then there, this is not a method, but there's unusual ways. So unusual would be when Jesus spit in the mud and and made clay and put it on somebody's eyes. That wasn't a method, and he only did it one time. So that would be unusual or different, but it's not a method. And so I've had friends, and I guess I myself have done some things, but I've told you this before. I have a friend that has done drastic things, like punch somebody in the stomach with a tumor, take somebody from the back of a head. It's more like the gift of faith, uh, and uh, where it comes on you, and you just do things that are like, wow, and, and people really think, wow. And so the gift of faith can do that. So then also, on we like to, you know, weave in and out as we talk on Sunday nights on healing is, is healing for everyone. 
the causes of sickness. So sometimes we'll make mention of that. And then even how to keep your healing. So that's just what we want to do on a Sunday night. Here's what I have in my heart for tonight, this Sunday. And that's shameless persistence. Shameless persistence. So Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 5, we're going to just read some verses. It says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. That's where I came up with the title. And then verse 9, and so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. So actually, you know, this account isn't uh, really specifically related to healing. But I think that we can agree with this. You know, prayer has something to do with healing. So you can, if you're going to teach on healing, eventually you're going to touch on prayer. So this is basically Jesus teaching about prayer and about receiving. So uh, I like to say it this way. If Jesus paid a price Anything he bought and paid for and paid a price for that belongs to us, and there's a promise that goes along with it, it belongs to us, and we can pray and ask, or it can be delivered in a different way with a different method. So the things that are bought and paid for can be delivered with various methods, the laying on of hands, for example, uh, et cetera. So we're going to look at some things along these lines tonight. But even what we just read, here's some questions like, Many people have these questions. How many times should we ask? Because he said, if you keep asking. And then how loud? Sometimes people even wonder, how loud should I pray? Well, really, you can whisper if it's in faith. Or you can shout if it's in faith. Really doesn't matter about the volume. The heart is what matters. And then can we earn it or or can we get it through our much asking? And, and so these are questions like people, some people think, well, I just have to earn my healing. In other words, I have to be good enough. I have to do everything right, and, and, and I can earn it. And uh, so we're, hopefully what we look at tonight will make it simple, and it will answer those. So there's two things, basically, to, we're going to look into tonight. Number one, what do we believe when we ask? So... What, when you're asking, what are your beliefs at the time you ask? Or, still number one, what are your beliefs when you're being ministered to? So either if you're asking for something, what do you believe at that time? Or if somebody's ministering to you, what do you believe when you're being ministered to? That's the first thing we're going to look at. Very important. And then secondly... What do we continue to do after we ask? If we pray and we ask, what do we continue to do after we pray and ask? And then secondly, if somebody ministers to you, what do you continue to do after you are ministered to? Those are real simple. So just basically two things. And uh, so this 
came to me concerning what we're going to look at, our beliefs will either result in confidence or a lack of confidence when we ask or when we receive ministry. And I'm going to say that one more time. Our beliefs, very, our beliefs are very important. So our beliefs are either going to result in confidence or a lack of confidence, either when we pray and ask or pray and speak to or when we're being ministered to. And we're going to look at some scriptures to make sure that, that you know this is not my opinion, okay? So here, let's start. So what do we do when we ask or when we are being ministered to? What do we believe? So here's a scripture that I want to read that goes along with everything. But James 1.6 says, but let him ask in faith. So if we can even substitute receive, if you're being ministered to in faith, ask in faith, or even speak to a mountain, if we can substitute that, but do it in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So that is a scripture that can be applied. So, so you know, if you, um, sometimes what happens with Christians is they, they look at themselves in a critical way, like wondering where their level of faith is. And it, it doesn't do any good to do that. And it's not a good thing. It's, it can be very discouraging. So I don't believe this scripture was given for us to do that with it. All right, so I, I'm very easy on myself, and maybe that's why I'm easy on people, because I know if I'm struggling with doubt, I know the answer for it. Feed on the word. It's really simple. So if somebody else is struggling with it, simple answer. Don't get under shame or guilt over it. Just feed on the word, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so I just know when I, I've prayed before, and I know when I prayed, I wasn't really built up, and I know that it was just because I have it up here, I know how to do a nice prayer, but I knew in my heart, I just did it from my head, and it wasn't coming from my heart, and I knew I had to feed on the word to get to where I wasn't doubting what I prayed. And so it's important to know that. It's real simple. But that said, let's look at this. So what do we believe when we ask or when we are ministered to? So let's start here and look at the laying on of hands. Familiar scripture, Mark 5, 25. It says there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his garments, I will be made well. So there's a lot there, but we're going to try to focus in on what we want to talk about. So um, she heard, real simple, she heard reports. She acted. And how did she act? She found Jesus and she touched him. And then she also said, she said, if I touch his garments, I will be made whole. So what we're talking about here is what do you believe when you're being ministered to? And we see what this lady believed. She heard something and she believed what she heard and then she expressed it and actually acted on it. 
She said, if I can touch him, I will be made whole. So we could say this. This is the foundation. This is like the first block in a building. It's going to be determined for everyone right here. It's going to really make the difference on after you're ministered to, how do you react? It's, it's like that first foundational block. This is what I believe now. And because I believe this, it's going to do something with my down-the-road beliefs. It'll make a difference. She was very sure about what would happen. And we're going to talk, you know, what if it doesn't happen? If this is, she's real sure, and she actually had an instant healing, but we see where she started off at. It was like a foundational block. Okay. So how we react after is determined by our beliefs before. It's another way to say it. If you're, wondering, if you're wondering about God's will before, you'll continue to wonder about God's will after. So it's, so it's like getting resolute on what God's will is even before you receive ministry. All of this makes a difference. This, uh, this message, and I have scriptures, and, and so it's not my opinion, uh, but as believers, we have to decide who carries what responsibility. So this, what I'm talking about tonight, it's actually showing that we have certain responsibilities instead of putting everything on God. And so there is different theological beliefs, and there is a theology that God is responsible for every single thing. So even when somebody's driving 300 kilometers an hour and they go off the side of a mountain, how did God let this happen? And, you know, God decided to take this person. They were driving 300 kilometers on a sharp curve high up in the mountains and went off the, a cliff, and God did it. You know, I know that's really exaggerating, but there are beliefs that that was God. It wasn't the person that was driving over the speed limit on a curve in the mountains. You see what I'm saying? So I, I think as Christians, we just need to know our responsibility and accept it and not put it off on God, okay? And so you see here um, that uh, if we're wondering about our faith before we're ministered to, is it strong or weak enough, we'll probably wonder after. And so concerning all of that, it's really good to get resolute. So there are things that we should get right because they do matter. And when people are not resolute about the, there's people have walked away from God over the lack of resolution concerning his will. So we really want to get resolute. What does he say about this? And then stay with it. Shameless persistence. I mean, the first scripture that we read, I'm glad Jesus said it and I didn't make it up because it's pretty strong. But that first scripture that we read, he says, because of your shameless persistence. But shameless persistence would be a result that you believe and you act on a belief that's very resolute with you, something that you really believe, and it can lead into a, sh a shameless persistence. So I'm going to tell you a story, and then uh, only part one. This is part one of a story. So Brother Hagen, when he was young, after he was raised off of a deathbed, one side of his face fell down or drooped. So that 
I believe is called Bell's Palsy. And so he went to church that night on a Sunday evening, and he had the pastor lay hands on him. Now, I know from listening to him quite a bit that he would have probably, I don't know if back then when he was younger, had the same beliefs, but he would have probably been thinking, when hands are laid on me, the healing power of God is going to go in me, and it's going to start working and, in effect, a cure in my body. So I, I would think that that's probably how he went up to have hands laid on him. Uh, so that said, he had hands laid on him. When he left church, he was walking home with some friends that were his age from what I understood in the story, and they saw him under a streetlight because it was dark, and they saw his, it was still drooping down. There was no difference. So they said, are, are, you, are you healed, Brother Hagen? And I guess he said, yes. And they said, but there's no change. It's, st you're, you're, it's still drooping down. And so um, he said, yes, I am still healed. And they said, but your face is drooping down. We see no change. You know? And they wondered, why was he saying that he was healed? So here we are again. This is like the foundation, the first block in the building. What did he believe when he had hands laid on him? Because what he believed when he had hands laid on him was going to, he's going to respond out of his belief, that first building block. Okay, so how did he react and what did he say? So what he told his friends is part two of the story. We're going to look at it a little later. Okay, so we'll get to it. But let's look at this one because we, we're looking at two different things. The second point is, you know, once you're ministered to, how do you respond after? And we will look at the end of that story soon. But let's look at this. What about when we speak to something or we ask for something? So again, James 1, 6 says, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For one who doubts is like a wave in the sea. It's driven and tossed by the wind. And then here's Mark eleven twenty three. He says there, Jesus, he said, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. That's the New Living Translation. It's kind of nice, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Okay, so here's the key. There's a key for each one of these. The key for laying on a hands, like what do you believe when hands are laid on you? The key was that lady said, if I touch him, I will be made whole. Big, real big there. That was a key because that was her core belief. Here, the core belief that we want to have when you speak to something, you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. So this is like the foundation here, the first block in this kind of receiving. So you're going to speak to a mountain, and this is really important because you must believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. So there again, there's responsibility. That's responsibility that God has put on us. It's up to us to accept that responsibility. Now, as I said, I know some people put it all on God, and fine, they're, they're in the body of Christ. We'll spend eternity with them in heaven, but what does the Bible say? Okay, it's important to know what the Bible says about these things. So he said, really key, you must really believe it and have no doubt in your heart when you speak to that mountain. So I know myself, I've spoke to a mountain before in my life, 
and I knew I wasn't feeding on the word. I might have been busy doing something else, but because I have it up here, I can turn it on at any time. But I knew when I spoke, I didn't believe it. So I knew that it was a waste of time. I did it quickly, not a lot of time, but I had to go back and I had to feed on it. And I had to get resolute where I believed when I said it, it would come to pass. That's, that's a key and it's necessary. And it has a lot to do with how we respond after. Okay, let's look at one more. Uh, this is when you ask. So Mark eleven twenty four says, see, that was speaking to, this is asking, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, it will be yours. So here is asking, you can pray for anything, but you must believe you receive it, in it, and it will be yours. Okay, so here again, Jesus didn't say, whatever you have in life, my Father determines that. And I grew up, you know, in the Catholic Church, and my brother, at the age of 21, grand mal epilepsy came on him. And because we were in, in a belief system that was like God, and this is what we were told by the priest, God trusted your brother so much that he gave him ep grand mal epilepsy. He couldn't trust everyone with that, but he trusted your brother, and he gave him that to carry. That is a core belief, at least in the church I grew up. So my brother thought, oh, you're wonderful, God. He didn't think that. It's like, why did you trust me with this? Like, you know what I'm saying? So really that core belief that what is God responsible for? What's he doing? And what's the devil doing? And then what's our responsibility? The devil kills, steals, and destroys. Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. And he's telling us when you pray, if you believe it, it will be yours. So it's, a, it's really important to get that, that right. It's the key. The key for this is if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. That's important. So that is the foundation for this verse. It's the first block. When you pray, believe you receive. Speak into a mountain. The foundation is speak to it and believe what you say will come to pass. Having hands laid on you, see, there's, there's those important beliefs right there. What do you believe when you're being ministered to? What do you believe when you're praying or asking or speaking to? All really important because they will determine how we react after we either pray, speak to, or receive ministry. So that brings us up to the second thing. And that's this. What do we continue to do after we ask for or ask God for something, speak to something, or somebody ministers to us? What do we do then? And so let's pick up with Brother Hagen's story where we left off. His face was still drooped down on one side. They questioned him about his face sagging down on one side. And they said, if you're healed, why is your face still the same? So he said, I am healed. I received my healing when hands were laid on me. There is the response. It was based off of his initial belief. What's the initial belief? It's really important what our beliefs are. So you can do like more of an experimental thing, like I'm going to have hands laid on me and I'm going to see what happens. But that's real different than the lady with the issue of blood that she said, if I could touch him, I will be made whole. 
very different than, oh, let's see what happens. Let me see if I feel anything. Let me see if I can feel the power. You know, the lady with the issue of blood wasn't looking for anything like that. She said, if I could touch him, she knew that he had power. And so even like just getting into something a little different, I said this before, but Patsy and myself, see, when you're married with somebody, they, she knows my little quirks and I know her little quirks, but can I believe that She's a believer, and if she lays hands on me, that power will flow out of her hands. And see, Jesus in his hometown, they had a real hard time believing that. This lady didn't come from the hometown of Jesus. She saw him totally different than most of the people in his hometown saw. So this, this initial belief on laying on hands, can, it's actually a humbling thing. I humble myself. If somebody lays hands on me, I'm going to humble myself and believe healing flows through them. Now, Jesus said you'll lay hands, a believer can lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. That means every believer has power flowing through them. So it really shouldn't be hard to humble ourselves and have hands laid on us. My wife has healing power flowing through her. I have healing power flowing through me. If you're a believer, Jesus said everyone has it. But it's, it's like some people, uh, and I've seen this, I, I trust it's not here, it wasn't in this country, but I've seen people think, I, I don't want to be healed by that person because I don't like that person. I don't want them to get credit for laying hands on me. I, I'm serious. This happened on a big scale. Michael Landon from Bonanza, little Joe, he was dying, and James Robinson wanted to lay hands on him, the TV preacher. And he said, I'd rather die than have him get credit for me being healed. It was right there on TV, big, big, on a big scale. And he did. Michael Landon died. He, wouldn't, he didn't want James Robinson. It was James Robinson, right? It was, I think it was James Robinson. Um, but it was one of those guys on TV. They, he didn't want that person to be able to say, I laid hands on Michael Hannon, Landon, and he was healed. So he died. No, I, that's big skill. But it's, I've seen it happen with personality conflicts. I'm not going to let you touch me or lay hands because, you know, I don't like you and I don't want anything from you. And every believer has healing flowing through them. So it's, a, it's like a building, like that initial block that's laid down. This is what I believe when I'm being ministered to. I believe healing flows through your hands, and it will flow into my body. That's what the lady believed. So Brother Hagen, he said, I received my healing when hands were laid on me. So I was reading I, this afternoon. I Googled a medical uh, on and looked at a medical book, and it says it takes three weeks for Bell's palsy to leave and three to six months for complete recovery, generally speaking, and about 80% of people completely recover from it. So we could say, well, Brother Hagen, you know, waited, <laughs> and he finally recovered. But here's the thing about this. He was completely well in a day or two. So that's way quicker than what the medical journal said that I Googled this afternoon. And that's because he believed when the pastor laid hands on him at the church he was attending back then, he was a young guy attending church. He believed the healing power went into him. So what am I saying? We're talking about what do you believe when hands are laid on you, but then after they're laid on you, what do you continue to believe? So his mouth was still sagging down, but he didn't change what he believed because he was resolute with that. So these are some little keys that make big differences, little keys that make big differences when it comes to us 
receiving. And because I, I worked uh, a number of years, like almost 10 years on the road with Brother Hagen, and so he laid hands on thousands of people. I caught many of them in a healing line. My back is still okay, praise the Lord. But, um, but you see people, they, they go up, and they're, sometimes they have more of a fairy, uh, I don't know what word, like a, a fantasy belief. They think it's going to be one way, and it, because it isn't that way, they completely turn off, and they, they think, I was expecting, I didn't feel anything. Nothing changed. And see, you know, you can really locate what they believed when they had hands laid on them. And see, that's why these things are important, because they'll just walk away saying, well, I tried that, it didn't work. Um, now, I I uh, recently had uh, somebody tell me, uh, I felt led to lay hands on somebody here that has been part of our church from the very beginning that was at dealing with some things, you know, and I won't mention names because it's it's... I didn't ask permission to talk about it. Long story short, this person just got a completely clean bill of health from the doctor. And so this person told me, I believe the turnaround started when you laid hands on me. But it wasn't overnight. But this person was resolute. This person believed in the laying on of hands and had the belief system of this person was like, hands are laid on me. I'm believing it's going to go into me. There wasn't immediate changes, but it happened over weeks and and so this person just told me, I believe that's where the whole thing turned around, and now I just got a clean bill of health. So I'm not doing that to promote myself because I believe every believer can lay hands on the sick. I'm doing it to say that the Bible's true about laying hands on the sick. Okay. So the same thing. So exactly what Brother Hagen, when he, they said, but nothing has changed. He said, I believe I received my healing when hands are laid on me, I'm healed. And I understand when he was telling the story, his, you know, he had Bell's palsy. It's kind of hard to talk right with that. You know, I imagine it sounded pretty slurred. But with his slur and everything, he said, I receive my healing when hands are laid on me, I'm healed. See, that's a belief system according to what we read there. So the same thing is true when it comes to speaking to a mountain. What do you believe before you speak? And then you speak to that mountain because when you speak to that mountain, the next day, very possible, nothing may have changed. The next day, no change. And it could go on for weeks before there's a change. And so what do you do? Now, the story that I re- just came to me about this is Norval Hayes. He's up in heaven, right? So Norval Hayes, um, sometimes I forget who's up there and who isn't. His daughter had a rash. It was a rash on her legs. Or what was it? It wasn't warts. It's worse than a rash. So his daughter had warts on her legs. Of course, you know, a lady with warts on her legs is never going to wear shorts. And so his daughter never wore shorts because of all these warts on her legs. Well, Norval cursed those warts and commanded them to dry up and cease to exist and fall off. Well, how many months later did they actually do that? It, it took quite a while. But he was real resolute. He believed that he could speak to that, and it would happen. And so months later, his daughter came running out of her bedroom saying, my warts are gone. 
See, this is what we're saying. You know, you either choose to believe it and stay with it or you don't. Now, I know that you could say, well, some people did that and they died. And I, I know that. But I still choose to believe the word and not change my beliefs over a situation that happened with someone else. And that's what people do sometimes. They'll think, well, that person was believing for this and they died. They were a good person. So that's not true. You know, there can be a lot of things going on in somebody's heart and we don't know what's going on in there. So we can't change what the word says based on a person. They're not on the level of God's word. So even as much as we love somebody that might go home to be with the Lord, if they're saved, they're up in heaven sh dancing around and shouting, and we shouldn't change what we believe in the word over that, okay? So it's the same way if you ask and you believe you receive. It's the same way if you speak to the mountain, you do the same thing. So, you know, John 14, again, here's like John 14. It says, whatever you ask in my name, this will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. I love that. And then here's another one. 1 John 5, 14 and 15, it says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will. And see, knowing his will is what makes that resolute belief. This is what his will is. So what did Jesus purchase for us in, when he sacrificed himself in his death, burial, and resurrection? If it was purchased there, it belongs to us. It's, it's already his will. I know that's a strong statement. But if, if it's purchased for us, it's already his will. And sometimes there's these blockage things that we have to get past. It isn't like he's holding it from us. A lot of times we have to fix some things. Little things sometimes. Simply, some people think, well, I don't have enough faith. Jesus said if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you would say something. Mustard seeds are really small. What is Jesus saying? He says, first of all, start talking. Don't look at how big you think your faith is. Start speaking. If you had faith like that, you'd say something. In other words, if you see a promise in the word and that, that promise hits your heart, act on it. I don't think the lady with the issue of blood was even considering how big or small her faith was. She wasn't. She heard reports about Jesus. She was desperate. She heard that whoever touched him was being whole or whoever he touched was being made whole. She just heard that, and she went and acted. Then we, we've been teaching and preaching on that for years. She didn't know the principles of faith or the ABCs of faith, and she didn't know any of that. Something resonated in her heart. And she acted on it. So I don't, I've, I've never sat and thought, well, I wonder how much faith I have. Because I'm never going to figure that out. <laughs> and I don't think anyone is. Don't be concerned. Just read and feed. And it, it'll resonate and then act. Read and feed the promise. So, you know, if you need healing in your body and you're studying the end times eschatology, well, you're not feeding on the right stuff if you really need to be healed. You see what I'm saying? So you want to whatever, if you really have a serious need, a life and death thing, give all your time to that. You can study eschatology later. In the end, we're going to get raptured anyway, whether you figure it out or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just going to 
Father, I just thank you for your word tonight. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Father, for your will. Praise you, Father. This is where you're missing it. Tony, hit, I saw this. Tony touched on it. You've given mental assent to receiving your healing, but you haven't really believed it in your heart that you have received. And I'm going to just give some quick wisdom for that. I was caught out with that. The Lord addressed me and he said, No, you're, what you should be saying is, I believe I have received my healing. I'll say that again. You should be saying, I believe I have received my healing. What you've been saying is, I'm believing to receive. Two very different things. Faith always starts with the answer. You should be saying, I believe I have received. No, I'm not believing, not I am believing to receive. I'll just leave that with you because you can take that healing in your feet. Often it's more the right foot. You've even had medication. And, uh, but sometimes it's in both of your feet, yeah. I see another person too, just right now, over here on this side of the building. And times you get this pain, it's, it's a, you could call it a migraine or something like that. I see it real clear when I was just sitting there. And it comes down the right side of your face, I said very clearly. And uh, sometimes that affects you in the neck and gives you a touch of stiffness and soreness in your right arm, some tingling and things like that. Just here on the right side. You can take that now by saying, in Jesus' name, I believe I have received my healing. Yeah, you're just right there, right now. I have received. I'm not believing to receive. I believe I have received. Yeah. They'll just keep coming. <laughs> Words of knowledge will just keep coming. There's a person also, I see it, really clearly with um, right down the lower part of the back it's not actually your spine it's really closer down the tailbone area right down there I get impressed that it's a lady you know it's you because it's a lady that's here yeah down close to your tailbone some acute pain sometimes which happened as a result of uh, a slight accident you had at one time you take that the healing presence of God is in you and coming now in Jesus' name. Yeah. Thank you, Herman. Praise the Lord. Uh, David, do you have any? Do you have any? Okay, Kevin. Praise the Lord. Just check in. You guys, you were Lynn. Just 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we have a team here. We all lay hands on the sick. And Lahima, her, she, her hands get warm with healing power. And uh, by the way, Bobby, do you have a, a word of knowledge? Okay, just checking. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, so some of these words of knowledge, you that are watching online, if that was for you, praise the Lord, just receive it. Now, I'm going to pray, and we're going to come to a close of our online service, and we're just going to spend some time ministering here in the congregation. So thank you for joining us online, uh, and uh, we'll see you the next time. I'm just going to end in prayer now. Father, thank you so much for everything that's ministered. So as we go on to this next segment of tonight, Father, uh, we just thank you that as anyone that needs ministry, we thank you in advance that you bought and paid for healing. We thank you that healing flows through our hands, Father, and I thank you that each person that would come up to receive, that you, if they're not resolute, they just know where they are and they come up with a belief on what's going to happen. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.